Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hello, you guys. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you're new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I am your host of Killer Instinct. Before we get started, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly every Wednesday on the podcast on YouTube and all podcast platforms and you are not going to want to miss it. Now, before we get started today, just a little bit of a housekeeping note. I don't know if I have allergies. I don't know if I have a cold. All I know is something is going on in my head that is making me sound not like I usually do. I'm definitely sounding like, you know, I got something going on. I don't know what it is, but we're just going to try and bypass it for the sake of today's episode. I just wanted to let you know, just in case something sounds a little off, it's because it is, but we are here today and we are going to talk about this episode because I think that this case is really, really important. And this is one that has been highly requested by you guys. And as you can tell by the title of the episode, today we are talking about the disappearance of Rosalio Gutierrez. And while this case has gone to trial, while there has been a verdict, there is still a very big missing piece to this case, which we will get into as we unfold this case today. This one has, like I said, been highly requested by you guys. You guys have probably maybe seen it being talked about in the media as of recently because the trial did happen fairly recently. I went through and I watched a lot of the testimonies, so I'm going going to tell you guys today all about this case, if this is one that you have been following or if you haven't. But either way, let's jump right on into it today. So today we are talking about Rosalio Gutierrez, who was born on April 10th of 1980 in Kenosha, Wisconsin. He was born to his parents, Eugene and Celia, and graduated from the University of Wisconsin with degrees in criminal justice and sociology. After graduating from college, he went on to work for the State Public Defender's Office before transferring to a construction job at A-plus Quality Construction and Tranquility Property Group. Now, according to Celia, Rosalio's mom, she said that Rosalio was the best son that anyone could ever ask for. The two of them talked multiple times throughout the day. They had a super close relationship. Growing up, Rosalio was always a mama's boy, but he embraced it. You know, a lot of kids in their younger teenage years, they don't think their parents are cool. They don't want to be around their parents. When their parents come around, they get easily embarrassed. It was the opposite for Rosalio. He wanted to be around his mom. He wanted to show his friends that he loved his mom. He wanted to show his mom affection. And they just had a really, really close bond. 
Rosalio also had two children, a son and a daughter, and he was the world's greatest dad. His children were the center of his life. He even coached his son's little league baseball team. He was a really, really involved father, even though him and the mother of his children were not together. They still had a very great co-parenting relationship and made sure to always put the kids first. And Rosalio came from a very, very big family. He had siblings and step-siblings and lots and lots of cousins. And it was always such a fun time when everyone was able to get together, no matter what the celebration was. And that was something that Rosalio loved to do. He loved to be around his family. He loved to be around his friends. He was just a very lovable guy. So now we move on to February 13th of 2020. And on this particular day is when Rosalio met a woman named Sadie Beecham on the Facebook dating app. If you're unfamiliar, Facebook has, you know, a bunch of little different segments in there, but one of those is dating. They've created their own dating app in the Facebook website. And it's something that has become more and more popular over the years. And it was something that at the time in 2020, both Rosalio and Sadie were using. Now, Sadie Beecham, she is actually a social worker from Milwaukee. And in the year of 2011, she was still finishing her program when she started volunteering as a mental health employment specialist for deaf and hard of hearing people before transitioning into becoming a social worker in 2013. Since 2017, she has been a care manager at a company called Community Care Inc. And according to Sadie, she said that her and Rosalio began chatting on the Facebook dating app before ultimately they ended up exchanging numbers after about a week. And the two of them continued texting until they ultimately met several weeks later on February 29th because it was a leap year in 2020. So it was February 29th when the two of them ultimately met. So Sadie met Rosalio at his apartment. Rosalio was living at the Wood Creek Apartments located in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So she went over to his apartment and they had a very casual night, but it was really fun for the two of them to finally end up meeting each other. And the two of them actually did have a lot in common. Common. They both had children. Like I mentioned, Rosalio had two children and Sadie also had three children of her own. So they had a lot of common ground when it came to that. They understood the responsibilities that being a parent entailed and dating in between all of that, which sometimes could be difficult. So that was something that they really both related on. And they also just had a lot of fun with each other. Sadie said that Rosalio always made her laugh. He was really funny. He was very enthusiastic and he just had really good energy and was someone that she really enjoyed being around. So after that first initial meeting, Sadie and Rosalio continued to develop their relationship. They weren't ready to fully jump into anything in being official yet or making that huge commitment. They still were getting to know each other and it was the early stages of the relationship. However, they both were optimistic about what the potential of their relationship and the potential of the future would hold for them. A lot of their texts were very much Rosalio saying that he felt like this could be their happily ever after and that they clicked so well and that he feels like Sadie really could be the one for him. And Sadie was always agreeing to those text messages. So you know, in the very early stages, the honeymoon stages of relationships, it's a lot of hope and it's a lot of optimism. Now, even through the hope and optimism, there still was one person who was not fully ready to let go of Sadie. And that would be her ex-boyfriend, and father of her three children, a man named Zachariah Anderson. 
So now I'm going to run you through basically the timeline of the relationship between Sadie and Zachariah and what it looked like leading up to May of 2020. So Sadie and Zachariah, they had met in 2007. And by 2008, Sadie was pregnant with their first child, a daughter, and they ended up moving in together. They lived together for the next four years until 2012 when Zachariah moved out of the house and the two broke up. Now, Sadie and Zachariah had a very tumultuous relationship. They had a very toxic cycle relationship. They were very on and off throughout the years. And so from 2012 on, they were very hot and cold, very on and off. And they actually ended up having a set of twins in 2015. So they now had three children, their daughter and their two twin sons. However, they still were not living together and they still were not together as a couple. And as far as the kids went, the kids stayed with Sadie in her house. She had rooms set up for the kids. It was easier for the kids to stay there. And Zachariah was busy traveling with work. And so he would go off on work trips. And if he wasn't working, he would come back on weekends to see the kids. Now, this on and off hot and cold relationship went on for years. I'm talking from 2012 to 2019. And it wasn't until December of 2019 where Sadie says that the relationship was incredibly toxic and volatile. So she was the one who officially called the relationship quits in December of 2019. And again, they weren't officially together as a couple. However, Sadie told Zachariah that she was done with the hot and cold, the on and off. She basically just wanted to have a co-parenting relationship with him, and that was the extent of it. Now, once January of 2020 hit, the two of them didn't speak for a whole month. So the whole month of January, they went no contact, and that was the longest time that the two of them had not spoken. And with that no contact also meant that Zachariah never came around to see his kids in the month of January. The two ended up starting to speak again in the month of February, but again, for Sadie, it was simply trying to maintain a co-parenting relationship, to work out some sort a schedule that would work for both of them when it came to seeing their children. However, for Zachariah, his interests really only lied in getting Sadie back. Now, according to Sadie, she said that she never told Zachariah about her relationship with Rosalio strictly because it was none of his business. It was still in the early stages of the relationship. And also her and Zachariah were no longer together. And she just didn't think that it was necessary for him to know at that point. Now, leading up until about May of 2020, even though Sadie and Rosalio were still talking, Zachariah spent those months trying to win Sadie back and he did it in a multitude of ways and he went as far as to harass her with phone calls and texts and emails and gifts and flowers and everything else that you could imagine. Um, he would constantly text me, um, call me, um, send me emails, these kind of woe is me emails and um, just try to try in every direction, try to get back um, with me or just try to, um, like, almost in a harassing way, like, just constantly emailing me all hours of the night, texting all hours. Um, 
are going to be flowers. Now, Sadie said that even though she didn't tell Zachariah about Rosalio, Zachariah ended up finding out all on his own. And he ended up confronting Sadie about it. According to Sadie, this all went down at her daughter's birthday party. And Zachariah confronted Sadie about it, saying that he knew Rosalio's name. So he stated Rosalio's name to her. Also stated that he knew where Rosalio lived and stated the Wood Creek Apartments. And Sadie was very taken aback by all of this. And I'm actually going to play you the audio right now of Sadie talking about what that conversation was like. Zachariah wanted to stay and talk to me. Um, and I said, well, can we talk with your family here? And he's like, no, they can go. And I said, no, I want to talk with your family here. Um, and so he confronted me kind of at the door and said, you know, I had this premonition that you were with somebody else last night and um, you were wearing, you know, you were wearing this this pink tank top and you were you were listening to this song and I know what song you were listening to and um, come on, tell me and just harassing me and badgering me about you know, this premonition that he had and oh, and I have these when, you know, when I break up with people, you know that and, um, you know, I'm like, I don't know, what you must have been here last night, the only way you would have known any of this. Um, and he's like, no. And then he's, we got into some kind of a back and forth about it um, and he started walking away and as he was walking away he was like yeah yeah I, his name is and he just rattled off his name his full name um, and yelled it at me and said and, you know, he's, he's, he's Mexican and, and just rattled off things he should not have known um, and so that I, I said you know you had to have been here and he didn't tell me until he finally kind of came close to me and said, yeah, I was, I needed to know. I needed to know. Now that confrontation happened in early March. And according to Sadie, she said that after that confrontation occurred is when a lot of the stalking behavior really started to play out, not just for Sadie, but for Rosalio as well. They both felt like they were now being stalked by Zachariah. And you might be wondering how Zachariah could have known all of these things about Rosalio, how he could have known about where he lived, because in Sadie's phone, she actually put Rosalio's name in her phone as a different name. That way, when it popped up on her phone, it wouldn't say who it was because again it was in the beginning stages of her relationship and she wanted to be a little bit more discreet about it there was very few people in her life that knew about rosalio sadie actually said that it was one or two of her close friends that she had told about rosalio and that was because she had never really navigated a new dating relationship before because she had always been constantly on and off with zachariah so getting back into the dating game was a whole different ball field for her and she was trying to navigate how to go about that. Now, in terms of how Zachariah knew where Rosalio lived, that would be because Zachariah had placed a burner cell phone underneath the passenger seat of Sadie's car. 
So because of that, he was able to see where she was frequently visiting and would follow her around to these places. Sadie said that whenever she would spend the night at Rosalio's home or whenever Rosalio would spend the night at her home, Zachariah would text her, letting her know that he knew she was there. There was one occasion where Rosalio spent the night at Sadie's home and Zachariah was standing outside of the apartment, not only taking pictures of Sadie through her window, but also at around 2.30 in the morning decided to play a game of Ding Dong Ditch at Sadie's apartment. If you don't know what Ding Dong Ditch is, it is a game typically teenagers or little kids play it. It's where you go up to someone's doorbell, you ring their doorbell, you run away. So by the time they come out there, no one's standing out there. It's a stupid game, but it's something that gets played quite often. And I'm going to insert the audio right now of Sadie talking about that doorbell experience. Uh, yes, so we were getting ready to retire for that. Um, it was like 2, 2.30 in the morning. Um, we just laid down and then I heard the doorbell ring. And I was kind of like, what's that? And um, I got up and we both got up and went to the door. We didn't see, I didn't see anything or anybody. So then um, I went to the window. I had like a bay window that was outside of my bedroom and I kind of opened up the blinds and peeked out um, and as I peeked out I saw a black car going past my going past the road right in front of the house um, and I just assumed um, knowing that Zach had a black car that that could have possibly been him. It was even suspected that one night when Rosalia was spending the night at Sadie's apartment that Zachariah had gone into his truck and messed around with the papers inside of his truck. Now, in the first week of March, Sadie ended up taking a vacation to Mexico. So this is the first week of March 2020, and Rosalio did not join her on this vacation, and her kids actually also stayed home as well, and Sadie's best friend, Rebecca, ended up staying at her house just to house it and watch the kids. This is someone that's been around Sadie's kids for years and years and years. So, so Sadie definitely trusted her to stay there and watch her children. Now, Sadie did not tell Zachariah that she was going on this vacation because, again, it didn't involve the kids. It wasn't like Sadie was taking the kids to Mexico and didn't tell Zachariah. The kids were not going with her, so she did not feel it was necessary to tell Zachariah about these plans. And one of the nights that Sadie was gone, Zachariah actually ended up making an unannounced appearance at around four in the morning inside of Sadie's home. According to Rebecca, she said she heard some noise coming from the living room, and so she woke up and walked out into the living room, and that is when she saw Zachariah standing at the edge of the couch just smiling at her. Ultimately, Zachariah ended up leaving, and Sadie decided not to press charges against him, even though she probably could have for trespassing or breaking and entering. However, she decided against it because he is the father of their kids, and she just decided to move along. However, she made it very clear to him that he was never allowed back inside of her home, which she thought she had made clear prior, but clearly he needed to be reminded. 
So when Sadie returns from her Mexico vacation, she decides that her and Zachariah need to sit down. They need to have an actual conversation in order to move forward. They need to come up with a structured schedule about who has the kids when that way they could just co-parent easily and they can move on with their lives. So her and Zachariah ended up meeting at a sandwich shop in Wisconsin called the Chocolate Factory. So they met at the Chocolate Factory. They sat down and and Sadie starts talking about coming up with an agreement for a custody split. However, it was very clear to her from the very beginning of that conversation that again, Zachariah had other plans. To get back together. So it was, um, he didn't want to discuss that. He wanted to talk about why we weren't, why we weren't going to get back together, why I couldn't, you know, he just tried to get back together with me. It was more about that. So clearly, Zachariah had other plans in regards to his meeting with Sadie. However, Sadie tried to remain as cordial as possible while reminding Zachariah that there was no hope for a future relationship between the two of them, and she was ready to just put it all behind her. After this meeting with Zachariah at the chocolate factory, Sadie said that the harassment from Zachariah did not stop. It only continued with the text messages, the phone calls, and there was even a point where Sadie got a hold of Zachariah's cell phone and she ended up going through his photos and videos and saw countless pictures and video clips of herself that had been recorded on Zachariah's cell phone from her just being in her house to her being in her car. There was also pictures of Rosalio's car. There was countless evidence inside of the phone on the pictures and videos that showed that Zachariah had been stalking. Not only that, she also tried to go into his Amazon orders and see if she could find any sort of tracking device that was on his Amazon orders. However, she was only able to see the latest Amazon order that he placed at the time, which was not a GPS tracker. However, we will get into that in a little bit. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? Well, Apartments.com's Instant Alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments Apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. So now that you have a backstory, I know that was a lot. I know it was a lot of information to get now to where we are, but now we are jumping to May 19th of 2020. And at this point, Rosalio and Sadie are still full on seeing each other. They have not made it official. They are not, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend or anything like that. They were still slowly moving in to that phase. However, they still were developing their relationship. Now, something that Rosalio would do every morning and every night with Sadie is text her good morning and text her good night. 
However, on May 19th of 2020, Sadie realized that she hadn't heard from Rosalio since the night of May 17th. The last time she physically saw Rosalio was when she was at his apartment on May 16th with his kids and they were all watching a movie together. So she last physically saw him May 16th and then last heard from him on the night of May 17th. Due to the communication style that Sadie and Rosalio had, Sadie knew it would be very odd for Rosalio to just out of the blue stop talking to her. So she had a feeling that something was going on. On the night of the 18th, Sadie texted and called Rosalio. And then on the morning of the 19th, she called him again, still with no answer. Sadie said, quote, it was odd that his phone was off and that he wasn't answering or responding at all end quote. She ultimately decided to go over to his apartment on the afternoon of the 19th. And where Rosalio lived, he lived on a first floor apartment. So if you're watching me on YouTube, I am going to put up a picture so you can kind of understand it a little bit better. But it was a first floor apartment that had an entry door and then a sliding glass door as well. So when Sadie first parked at the front of the apartment, she noticed that the sliding door was already open. And when she walked in, she was horrified to see a giant reddish brown stain in the carpet. Sadie called out Rosalio's name several times and looked around the apartment. However, she did not receive an answer. She said, quote, I got a very sick feeling. I remember being very afraid. The apartment looked different. It looked like the furniture had been moved. I freaked, end quote. Sadie immediately called the police who arrived quickly onto the scene. And when Sadie spoke to the police, she told them that she was concerned that Zachariah Anderson could have possibly done something to Rosalio based off of his harassing and stalking behavior from the past few weeks. And when police initially looked into Rosalio's apartment, they found blood everywhere throughout the apartment. There was blood running down the wall. There was blood on the doorframe, the cabinets, the ceiling, the couch. It was absolutely everywhere. Police also noticed that there was no sign of forced entry. Now, immediately, a missing persons report was filed and police began their investigation. Now, I think it is important to note that the last known person to speak to Rosalio was actually a woman named Narita Macias, and I apologize if I'm butchering that name. However, she was actually set to go meet Rosalio at his apartment on the night of the 17th. Now, like I mentioned earlier, Rosalio and Sadie had not made their relationship exclusive. They were still in the early stages of developing their relationship. And so Rosalio was continuing to see other women, still talk to other women online. Now, Narita actually never made it over to Rosalio's home on the night of the 17th because she got lost. She ended up going to the wrong apartment and she ultimately ended up just going home after that because she wasn't able to get in touch with Rosalio. So she was the last known person to have spoken to Rosalio on the night of the 17th. 
Now, based off of Sadie's remarks when police first arrived to Rosalio's apartment, they decided that their best bet was to speak directly to Zachariah Anderson. They got a search warrant to look into his van, where they immediately noticed the strong smell of bleach. They found two unopened cans of sardines underneath the passenger seat of his car, and they also noticed that the carpet was ripped out of the van, and during a luminol test, they found a small amount of blood spatter in the back of Zachariah's van. Now, when the testing was done, it was showed that the blood in the van was a DNA match to Rosalio. Police also got a subpoena to look through his Amazon orders, which we mentioned earlier that Sadie had looked through his phone to look at the Amazon orders. However, like I mentioned, she wasn't able to go all the way back she only saw his last purchase. And if she was able to go back further, she would have seen that on April 2nd of 2020, Zachariah purchased two GPS tracking devices for a vehicle. So police went to Zachariah's house as well. They got a search warrant to go through his house. And when they arrived, they saw that Zachariah was burning a fire pit in his backyard. Now, according to his friends, this is something that he did quite frequently, and he actually had a license to do so. However, when police looked at what was inside the fire pit, they found a pair of jean buttons, underwear, as well as a remnant of steel toe boots that belonged to Zachariah. Now, along with that, they also found 50 thousand dollars in cash that had been withdrawn from Zachariah's bank account and the reason that they know that is because they found the bank receipt for that cash withdrawal and the withdrawal happened only two days prior Police also found video surveillance of Zachariah on May 18th going into his local Walmart purchasing Q-tips, Old Spice, a shaver, as well as garbage bags, two packs of latex gloves, and two packages of Clorox wipes, as well as those sardines that were found under his passenger seat. And he paid for all of these items in cash. Now, police started talking around to Rosalio's neighbors. They wanted to see if anyone had seen anything or anyone had heard anything on the night of May 17th. And that is when Rosalio's neighbor, which is a woman who shares a wall with Rosalio, she said that on the night of May 17th, she heard a large, loud bang up against that wall that sounded like someone or something was being pressed forcibly against the wall. Now, based on all of this evidence, Zachariah was arrested on May 20th, 2020, so just the day after Rosalio was reported missing. He was officially charged in December of 2020 with the first-degree intentional homicide as well as hiding a corpse and stalking, all to which Zachariah pled not guilty to, which meant that this case was now set to go to trial. And that hiding the corpse charge comes from the fact that to this very day, Rosalio's body has never been recovered. Now, based on the amount of blood that was in Rosalio's apartment, law enforcement has concluded that Rosalio is in fact deceased, but again, his body has never been found. 
So now we move on to this trial. And from the prosecution standpoint, the prosecution argued that Zachariah was a jealous ex-boyfriend of Sadie and was jealous of her new relationship and began stalking both her and Rosalio. They claim that over time, the jealousy had arisen, resulting in Zachariah going over to Rosalio's apartment and brutally murdering him with a blunt object on the night of May 17th, 2020. They then believe that afterwards, Zachariah disposed of his body in an unknown location or could have potentially burned his body. Now, there was a lot of information relayed in this trial, and a lot of it is the information that I have given to you already, so we're not going to go over all of that twice. However, something we haven't talked about yet was Zachariah's alibi for the night of May 17th, 2020. Zachariah stated that he was with his ex-girlfriend at the time, a woman named Christine Remsberg, and when police talked to Christine, she actually told authorities that the two of them were in fact together on the night of May 17th. However, when she ended up taking the stand in trial, Christine then retracted that statement and said that she made a mistake and that she actually wasn't with Zachariah that night, which then leaves him with zero alibi. Rosalio's mother, Celia, also took the stand and she talked about how she was actually the one that discovered Rosalio's cell phone when she was cleaning up his apartment. She found Rosalio's cell phone in his refrigerator of all places. And at that point, police had not found it. I'm not sure why they didn't look in the fridge or why they didn't think to look there, but that is where Celia stated that she found his phone. Now, something else that happened during this trial was that Zachariah and Sadie's 15-year-old daughter also testified. She stated that her dad, Zachariah, had stolen Rosalio's registration out of his car, as well as took a picture of Rosalio's license plate. She also stated that her dad had asked her to spy on Sadie and even gave her a phone in order to do so. She also said that the carpet that was missing from her dad's van was there just several days before Rosalio went missing, so it was weird that it would be taken out so randomly. Now, in regard to her dad stalking Rosalio, a direct quote from Sadie and Zachariah's daughter was, quote, He said something about showing him who this man was, and I didn't quite understand it, but you kind of caught on to the things that my dad was referring to or implying. My dad said to me, I may just watch him or follow him to his house one time just for the fun of it, end quote. Now, something crazy here that happened during this testimony that you guys may have heard if you've been following this trial or not, because it was put out onto the media pretty quickly, was that Zachariah was accused of making a signal or sending a signal to his daughter while she was on the witness stand. So while Zachariah's daughter is giving her testimony, her dad is sitting right there. Mind you, again, she is 15 years old. She's sitting there giving this testimony in front of her dad. And while she's telling everyone about her dad stalking and spying and saying that she's and saying he's going to follow Rosalio home and asking her to spy, while all of this is coming out, Zachariah is sitting in his seat. And I'm going to put up a picture if you haven't seen it already or if you're watching me on YouTube, you'll be able to see. He physically takes his hands 
and puts them over his lips and pinches his lips shut. Now, a lot of people picked up on this and said that it looked like Zachariah was trying to signal to his daughter to stop talking. It honestly is a very bizarre and eerie moment that happened in this trial because if that is true and if that is what was happening, which it certainly looks like it, it definitely just goes to show the control factor that he has over his daughter. Now, their daughter also said that on one occasion, Zachariah even took her in the middle of the night to Sadie's home to spy on Sadie and Rosalio while their daughter was spending the night with their dad one weekend. She said that she went with her dad to go spy on her mom who was with Rosalio at the time at their house. And their daughter said that she was incredibly upset by this entire situation. She was incredibly upset to see that her dad was doing this. She felt very uncomfortable. And she also accused her dad of running a marijuana operation out of his home. That's something a little separate, but she stated that that was going on as well. Now, there was also speculation that Sadie had been doing the same thing while she was sitting in the audience seats of the courtroom. It was stated that Sadie was actually using sign language to speak to her daughter and she was actually confronted about it. Sadie was while she was on the stand. So I'm going to insert that audio right here. So just the real obvious question, were you signing her instructions about what to say or any, anything else? No, my hands were below the pews. Okay. Um, were you communicating with her in any other way without your hands, either facial expressions or whatever? Um, there was a moment where she got a little sassy up here, and my initial mom response was to go, shh, 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 shh. So if I did that, that would have been the only thing that I can recall I did. So Sadie and Zachariah's daughter testifies. Now, along with that, while Zachariah was in prison before his trial began from May 2020, to March of 2023. During that time, he had a cellmate named Marquand Washington who testified during the trial saying that Zachariah told him that he was called Houdini because he could make bodies disappear. Now, there was a police officer who took the stand and stated that when looking through Zachariah's computer, he found a folder on it labeled Gutierrez, which is Rosalio's last name. Now, the defense did bring in a forensics expert who claimed that from the blood sample found in Zachariah's car, that it wasn't a complete match to Rosalio. So she wasn't able to say with complete certainty that it was a match. So that was someone that the defense brought up. And from the defense's side of all of this, they really claimed that all of this was just circumstantial evidence, which is why they brought up the forensic expert who said that they couldn't positively 100% match that blood with Rosalio. They claimed that Zachariah had no physical markings on him. He had no scratches, no cuts, no bruises. So if there was a fight or an attack, Rosalio was also a big guy. He probably didn't go down without a fight. So the defense was stating that because Zachariah had no visible cuts or bruises or scrapes on him or because his clothes didn't have any stains on them, 
that he couldn't have done it or it would be unlikely for him to have done it. And they also claimed that the fire pit that he was burning, again, wasn't weird because this was something that he did very often. And he, like I said, had a permit to have controlled burns at his house and he had fire pits regularly. However, after all of that was said and done, the last day of this trial was March 21st, 2023, and the deliberations lasted for about 10 hours before the jury ultimately found Zachariah Anderson guilty of first-degree intentional homicide, hiding a corpse, and stalking, and he has been sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And that, you guys, is the case of Rosalio Gutierrez. And like I mentioned, Rosalio's body still has not been found to this day. So even though there is justice, there is also a lot of unanswered questions. There's a lot we don't know. And I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say about this one. So with that being said, you guys, that is all for me today. Make sure you let me know what you think about it. And I will be back with you again with another case next week. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. Again, if you're new here, hi, my name is Savannah. I am your host of Killer Instinct. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly on the podcast every Wednesday on YouTube and all podcast platforms. And you're not going to want to miss it. I'll be back next week with a brand new case for you guys. And until then, stay safe. Bye guys. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.